Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland. Episode 27, we're here at 23rd in Vine on East Carson Street on the south side of Pittsburgh. How Yin's doing? I'm excited about I count the, the episodes. I can't help it. I can't wait till the 50th. What are we going to do? You guys got to come, right? It's going to sure. be a party for the 50th, right? Imagine you not inviting us. Why yeah. Not? You're part of the show. You got to come. You're invited. Yeah. You got to come. Thank you. Yeah. As but long as you bring just, treats, we still got a wait, we got a ways to go. We're I got some like cookies. We're just on twenty seven. Oh, yeah. So, all right, we have the prestigious Josh Axelrod from the Post Gazette. He knows about all things when it comes to culture. Is so that I've fair? Been, so I've been told. Yes. And uh, Will Ashton, hey. who is the co-founder and co-host Cinema Holics. Yes, that's right. Yeah. How long have you been doing that now? Uh, like five years, I think. No, five or six. Yeah. Goes by fast. So. Yeah. All right, let's get right to it. The slap heard around Ooh, the world. Yeah. The how Academy Awards. <laughs> You're talking movies, actors, mm -hmm. comedians, national stage. Here's the most bizarre part. So I think I saw that the viewing audience in the moment was 13 million. Japanese television sent out a video clip of the slap on Twitter that was on. You know, uncensored, uncensored yeah. and it got, and that was 9 a.m. Monday morning, oh. right after the Academy Awards. 45 million views. Yeah. Chris Rock's ticket prices went from $48 for his tour coming up, which starts next week. Yeah. No, it's underway in Boston. Yeah. It's a $340 ticket now. It went from 48 to 340 I can't believe the, the, it. And I was yeah, actually going to go demand. to his concert, and I didn't, hadn't bought tickets yet. No. All right. Oh, so probably too wow. late now. I want to get everybody's take on it. So, uh, Sheila? Okay, well, I was watching it live, and... It, as it happened, of course, like a lot of people, I thought it was a skit. I thought it was an act. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, they're, they're acting. It's the Academy Awards. Um, and the, the slap didn't even look real. It really didn't. And then, of course, I realized when they were cutting out the audio, my God, this is really happening. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe he did that. I mean, I was, I was incensed that it happened. I really was. And I, I've always liked Will Smith. I've liked Chris Rock. Um, and whatever the appropriateness of the joke, they should have handled it after the ceremony. You know, I, I just I think it just is a big stain on the Academy well, Awards. We, we heard that the Academy sent someone to ask him to leave the premises. And keep in mind, he didn't get his Oscar till almost an hour later. Mm -hmm. And he refused to leave. <laughs> you, ask, you ask Muhammad Ali to leave? <laughs> Well, yeah, he played my yeah. So there were a lot of speculation. Does anyone here believe it was staged at this point? No. Okay. Nah. So, Jim, you're the stand-up. Mm -hmm. You've been on stage. Mm -hmm. You told me about being heckled by a little person. Yeah, a little person point. three feet tall attacked me. He came on to the attacked stage. You. He attacked me, ran up on stage, and I, put, I, I swear to God, I gave him a stiff one. And it was you gave him a stiff him arm. It was enough to hold him off. The bouncers came and got him. I just. I what did you say? I said, you know, you look like. Does anyone ever tell you, you look like Barney Rubble? And he did. And he came Three at feet you. Tall, blonde, chubby. Looks like Barney Rubble exactly. Like it the, was. It was. The, it was the switch. Like in it the was movie the Will Elf. Smith switch. Boom! He came at me. Now, now that is Will Smith had a mental breakdown. I think at that moment, that's there's no that made no sense. He has no benefit from it. I don't know why he did it. He had a had a, her jokes way harsher. Yeah. Uh, and when you're in a public eye. 
you're making a hundred million dollars or whatever you make a year the, the movies and go to your jacuzzi get your therapist on the phone get over your little you know not get them slapped the, well slap it turns the out he, he's done it before and it yeah, was caught on camera yeah. wait two, what 2000 he did he did i think 12 I think it was right. on the red carpet no, no there was, was a, a men in black three premiere where that's right a journalist kissed him on the cheek oh, and journalist. Like, yeah and the guy was from guys. ukraine yeah. <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough yeah he, it was a what they called a prankster right. but what he tried to do is you you know in the movies where they kiss on each cheek some yes. of the european yes. countries well he got close to will smith mm -hmm. and he tried to kiss him and will slapped him now not as hard it didn't look like as okay. hard but still you put your hands on another right. human being in public it's not good now as a female i i might have slapped a guy if he came up to me and ended although i think i mean technically, that probably has happened and i haven't slapped but i i, I might i might react that way guys in your life that you would have liked to slap but you can't either you know, do that and there might have been some that i did slap I'm not saying I'm pleading the fifth on that, but right. I'm just saying. No, I'm kidding. I don't know what uh, statute of limitations <laughs> I'm has I'm kidding on that. You, um, you know, when you introduce me, you say comedian, actor. Could you add prankster in there? That's a cool title. I like that name. Well, no, that's how they describe it. The guy so is a prankster. Will Smith slapped this prankster, mm -hmm. men in black on the red carpet mm -hmm. there. And then we find out that he has told jokes about bald people. Now, his wife... Jada Pinkett Smith has a condition called alopecia, they, alopecia where uh, they lose their hair. So mm -hmm. she's decided to just shave it, go public. They even posted that on Instagram and right. social media. So she's got this wild relationship going on where they've got an interesting marriage uh, yes. to begin with. An but, open marriage but, or something. But they're seen. both public figures mm -hmm. in, in a very, very big way. So, Josh Axelrod, what do you think? Um, I think those two overshadowed a bunch of really cool things that happened at the Oscars that we should be talking about. I don't feel qualified to have an opinion on the slap itself. I honestly don't think anyone should, except for Will, Jada, and Chris, frankly, and I'm a little sick of the quote-unquote discourse around it, so I'd just rather talk about the movies. Like, we should be talking about Coda right now. Well, it's kind of you, insane you, that we're you not. You bring up a good point. <laughs> so slap's going to go and we'll get there. <laughs> it is, and I'm already sick of it. So that's on me, not, not but, everyone else. But Jim Carrey, of all people, was asked on CBS, and that's the most normal I've ever seen Jim Carrey. And he answered, and he said what you said in part was that overshadowed all the people that worked all their lives mm -hmm. and they're sure. finally at the Academy Awards and nobody's talking about it. overshadowed Will Smith's Academy Award even. That's why I was I, so upset with it. I'm going to be honest. Jim Carrey's an anti-vaxxer. I don't really care what he has to say about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. And again, there's a really like serious Pittsburgh connection to these Oscars. Coda, Sean Hader, the writer-director. Graduated from CMU. Oh, I interviewed know. her like two nice. months ago. This should have been the easiest night in the world for me, but it was <laughs> marred and my deadline got destroyed by this slap. So excuse me for being just a little bit. Indirectly I'm sensing, it doesn't show though. No, I'm sensing Josh. Josh, he slapped you in a way, right? No, absolutely not, to be clear. But spiritually. Yeah, because you, you messed up your deadline. <laughs> but, I'm hurt for but, you. But you know what? Okay, and we will we will get back to talking about the Oscars. But I just have to ask Jim, though. Yeah. Okay, this is a comedian uh -huh. who's essentially being censored by someone in the audience, yeah. saying you you know you can't tell this joke, and and maybe it hit below the belt a little bit. But do you feel that you are 
now going to be censored as to what you can say is your free speech. Oh, that's been going on for a while. From you, the PC politically correct for uh, last couple of years. Yeah, but yeah, you're I, not I, in in full disclosure. Jim doesn't work blue. You never attack people. Your humor is much different than a Chris. I Rock. want storytelling. Yeah, just more or less storytelling and impressions. Just no politics. No. Chris Rock is is uh, you know he's edgy. He's one of the best out there that does it. He's committed to it. But there's no surprise in what he did. I mean, that's why I can't understand why. You're, it's, Ricky Gervais is probably harsher than him, even. As far, right? as, far as host, I think, and saying things, it's like, it, there may have been something that's deeper. Like, I know between Will Smith and Chris, there oh, has, there to, has be to be something, right? There, there has, has to be something that, you know, something got him. I mean, he even said it. It's a G.I. Jane joke. <laughs> G.I. Jane is from like 1997. It's not even right. a fresh show. Right? So most people there yeah. probably didn't make the connection to it unless you saw the movie with Demi Moore. Yeah, right. So it wasn't a great joke anyway. It wasn't right. in. It wasn't in the script. Right. Well, so. I think he. I don't know. I, I was. I heard someone say that they wrote the joke. Like oh, I, don't, okay. I don't know if he actually Somebody. even wrote the joke. Okay. And so. did did yeah. that person know? And did Chris know that she has a condition? So I don't know. That's where we're that's, we're that's aggravating Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Claimed, oh, sorry, Josh. <laughs> what, Josh, Josh is rolling his eyes over here. He claimed uh, he didn't know Chris Rock. Oh, he said he didn't. Oh, did he? Yeah, I didn't. So Will Instagrams a apology. And then Chris Rock, in his first performance in Boston, says he'll ha he's still processing everything, so he'll have well, more to say at another that's time. A dramatic. <laughs> oh, what did you think I about mean, his why? acceptance speech that went on for five 10 minutes, minutes, eighteen seconds? Like, Josh, you know, why don't just take over the stage? And, and here's the irony: <laughs> is Will Smith does win the Academy Award, and he goes on for five minutes and eighteen seconds. Who's well, gonna stop? He's gonna get right, slapped. Fine. Right. I'd be like, I don't want to stop this guy. Go for it. And now. he's tearful and always talking about his love and compassion when he just did what he did inside of an hour. I think he's having yeah. a break. He down. probably should have read the room down. a little bit better at that <laughs> point. <laughs> you think? Maybe yeah. he should have probably left when he was asked to. Um, I'm going to, I mean, he, he quoted whatever Denzel said to him at the time. So I'm going to guess that there were other forces that might have kept him there as well. Um, well, how much does this damage Will Smith's? You win an Oscar, you're gold for, well, for yeah. roles of the future, and he's already done great roles. The only take I'm going to have on this is the Academy should not ask him to give the Oscar back because that's ludicrous. Right. I, They've I agree. rewarded much worse people sure. than yeah. Will Smith and have let them keep, keep their Oscars, and mm -hmm. Will deserved it. Like have, have they, of, of all the things that we can't take away from him, sorry, is just that you know King Richard was awesome, and he was really, really good in it. And nobody's so. talking about that movie right? Yeah, like they should yeah. and yes. would have otherwise. Yes. And I hear it's a great film. You should watch it. It's on HBO Max. Have they, have they, asked, wanna, have they, have they asked to take the Academy Award back? No, there's just been some chatter about it and some, again, some awful takes online about it. So I just want to get in front of that and be like, do not ask Will Smith to give his Oscar back. That's right. insane. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree, That's too. That's ludicrous, yeah. too. Like, hey, give me that Oscar back. I mean, he won Yeah. It. Fair and square. Right. Or as fair as it right. can be with the Academy. Had a, what do you think, you know, Will? Uh, as far as, like, the whole situation or the, him getting the Oscar back? Or Both. Like, well. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like ultimately I probably would have given it to Ben Cumberbatch, but I think Will Smith, like, it's not like he got the Oscar for slapping Chris Rock. Like, he, he gave a good performance. He's done it for 30-something years. Like, clearly, like, he's been well-respected among his peers for a long time. As far as the, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen going forward. I'm very curious to see if he's going to change at all as far as, like, is he going to allow himself to be a little bit harder mm -hmm. on himself, like, challenge his image a little bit. He seems to be doing that in various roles in the past, like Suicide Squad and Seven Pounds and Hancock. 
these films that aren't great, but they show that he's trying to push away from like the 90s image that he has had for a long time. And I'm wondering if he's going to lean into that more or if he's going to backpedal a bunch and do like Aladdin 2 and Aladdin 3 to mm-hmm. like mitigate the damage that's happened here. I don't really know. That's what I find really curious. But I think Chris Rock will be fine. I think he'll just have really good material for another special <laughs> on Netflix. Which that's true. Got 10 minutes. Yeah. All right. Before we move on and talk about movies a little deeper, last question for you, Jim. Mm-hmm. This segment is how much does this help or hinder Chris Rock's future? It helps him immensely. Well, I know you mentioned it, the yeah, ticket it, prices. It, Short term. Material, even long term. I don't think in, in the long term also – this will be forgotten. It'll just be one of those Academy Award moments, I believe, a year from now. I think this, I just think, uh, the horse, there, there are all kind of weird things that happen that we see. You know, I don't know if we'll ever forget it because it's, but on social media, I mean, oh, that's We won't slap. forget it. We won't forget it, but I don't think it's going to harm their careers or anything. I don't think yeah. it'll harm Will Smith's career yeah. or Chris Rock. I think he'll be fine. I think they both have enough money. If it all ended today, that's, they'd still be okay. That's a good point. That's what, it, when you make, when you have like 200 million in the bank, you slap people. You, you <laughs> know, it, you know what? Speaking from a crisis communication standpoint, yeah, oh, yeah. if Will Smith's apology had been better, if he had apologized to Chris Rock yeah, instead of to the Academy, mm-hmm. I think a lot would have been forgiven. That's why I think it's just deeper. I think there's two guys. I think you're right. Yeah. Open up I don't know. Something, something's thing. going on between the two of yeah. them. Yeah, I've got a master's degree in media and strategic communication. I would not have. Uh, strategize that way. Yeah. Whatever it is Will, Will Smith said, I would have told him to say something else. Uh-huh. All right. Larry <laughs> Richard unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland. We've got Will Ashton from Cinemaholics and the Post-Gazette's esteemed writer of all our culture, Josh Axelrod. <laughs> Episode 27. More in a moment. Larry Richard unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland. Now we're going to talk about the stuff that nobody else has talked about, and that's everything that came after the slapper around the world at the Academy Awards and movies in general. Sure. We've got Will Ashton from Cinemaholics, the co-founder. Also, Josh Axelrod from the Post-Gazette. We're at 23rd in Vine, by the way. want to thank Bob Bazelli and Luke Caputo have been so gracious to let us hang out in their wine cellar uh, with all the bottles tightly sealed, just for the record. Although, Bob did ask... You guys want some wine? Hey. We said no because it's 6 a.m. Right. <laughs> uh, we don't drink till 9 a.m. So, Josh, yeah, you mentioned the thing. movie Coda. With it. There's always a Pittsburgh connection. Uh, and you did this story. Yeah, no. I, uh, I didn't know for a while, actually, that uh, Sean Hader, the writer-director of Coda, was a CMU grad. And the minute I found out, I went to my, my sources and was like, I, I kind of get a story on her. And... Wound up happening within a couple weeks. She was really cool. She's got a really interesting TV background too. She did like work on Oranges and Do Black, mm-hmm. and she's she had made a couple other films before this. And Coda was a real big breakthrough. And I mean, the, Coda is a wild Best Picture winner, which again is why it should be the topic of conversation. Yeah. Like it's the first win for a streamer. Yeah. So and Apple TV Plus beat Netflix to a Best Picture win, which mm-hmm. is again probably industry defining. Uh, massive win for deaf representation. Uh, Troy Kotsur's uh, acceptance speech was for best supporting actor was an all timer. Coda should just be the story. Is all I'm. Trying what to is say. it about? Have you not seen Coda? No, I haven't either. I haven't either. I thought What's the power of the dog guys? would win. There's not a car chase in it. Did, were you were were you rooting for Coda for best picture? Rooting is strong. I mean, my favorite of, the, of last year was Belfast, but I felt, oh, huh? I, but I realized 
pretty early. That one didn't seem to have much of a chance. And I was actually glad Kenneth Branagh uh, came away with a screenplay Oscar because I think that one deserves something. Mm. So CODA for the uninitiated, apparently. <laughs> is um, <laughs> it's, So CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults, and it's about a hearing girl oh. in an all-deaf family in a small New England fishing village. Mm -hmm. And it's just her kind of navigating her, I guess, the last of her high school years figuring out how she can make her parents finally let her go. She, the, her parents rely on her a lot because she's the only hearing one. And uh, it's just a really sweet, small story. Definitely not the kind of thing the Oscars usually reward. I, I, I uh, did an interview with a, a HuffPost senior cultural writer, Marina Feng. She's from Pittsburgh after this, after the Oscars, just to break it all down. And she mentioned that it's a woman-centric story and it's specifically about a young woman that those movies almost never get mm. the kind of Oscar love that Coda did. Mm. So I mean, again, there are just a thousand different reasons why it's an unprecedented Oscars victory. And I, yeah, it just makes me sad that it's not what we're all talking about. All right. Well, Will, we are now. What did you think about Coda? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't my personal pick. I would have gone with either Licorice Pizza or Drive My Car, which were two films I just really loved from last year. But I think Coda is a very sweet film. I got to see it uh, last year when it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. I went to it virtually. And so... For me, it's kind of bittersweet that that was the first ever Sundance movie I've gotten to see and won Best Picture. So, I mean, that was kind of a, a wild turn of events. And it's the first Sundance film to ever win Best Picture, which is also pretty mm -hmm. uh, uh, incredible. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I was rewatching it this morning because, like I said, it's been a year since I've seen it. I think it's really sweet, but I do worry that because it's such a small character-focused film, if the fact that it's going to win Best Picture, if people are going to, like, oh, like, put too many expectations on it in a way that I feel would be unfair to the film mm -hmm. and maybe people expect too much when it really is a small self-contained film that is very earnest and very sweet it's very much an indie film and i do worry about that as far as its reputation moving forward but i definitely think it's worth watching it's it's a very wholesome warm sweet movie with, with all the movies the, most of the movies that from streaming apple netflix whatever amazon is is that are the theaters done Movie theater. Uh, going to a movie theater. I, I, are they I, I, done? I was just at a movie theater last night for a screening. Nope. And, movie yeah, like theaters are not done. I mean, the, no, Were the, you at everything everywhere yes, all at once? Yes, I was. But, but I with, didn't see it there, but yeah. that movie rules. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I would wish we could talk about that. But, but, yeah, same. There has next, be, next year's yeah, I, I think they could stick around. Like, you know, vinyl albums are kind of cool, but I don't know if it's going to be. I'm just saying, are they done as far as. Or maybe the multiplex theaters. the way they used to be. Oh, no, 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 no. Have you ever seen a Marvel movie lately? I know. I see. I know what you're saying. If nothing else, movie theaters are going to be continue to be propped up by the biggies. Still like great date night and all that too. Exactly. The, the smaller movies might, you might end up on streamers. And it was funny, you talking about Sundance and Apple TV plus made me remember, you know, cha-cha real smooth this yes, year. Yeah. And Sundance uh, yeah. filmed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Apple TV plus winning an Oscar and Sundance winning an Oscar kind mm -hmm. of bodes well for that one oh, next yeah. year. They're giving so, it uh, the same release strategy because mm -hmm. they released code over the summer rather quietly. And then they really pushed it for the Oscars, and I think they're probably going to do the same thing for Chuck June 28th on Apple TV+, Plus. so I'm just yeah. saying, like, the smaller movies might end up on streamers, but mm. that just makes them more accessible. So, All right, movie I think it, guys. Yeah. When the hell is Top Gun coming out? Oh, May. Yeah, it's got a release date. For sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They, it's it's going to push back a couple times. But yeah. A couple they, times. I've been yeah. waiting since Tom Cruise was 25. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, like, when, when was that original May? 1980-what? Uh, yeah. 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 I think 85 is uh, Is he going to be a grandpa in this one? I uh, should be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? They they released the trailer a couple of years ago at this point. Because of COVID, they decided, well, we'll just hold it back mm -hmm. cuz this is a movie 
that I think you should see on the big screen, Jim. Yeah. You're right. The big movies. Right. That'll be tempting. I think Tom Cruise is one of the few movie stars left with enough clout to be like, you're not putting my movie on a streamer. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Although I, I would disagree with his assessment there of what would be better for the movie. What are we hearing about it? Is it uh, worthy? Uh, No word of mouth yet, but I mean, it's definitely one they're really going to put a lot of firepower behind as far as the release, as you mentioned. So Hmm. hopefully it's good. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of build up to it to be sure. So it's a Top Gun movie. How bad can it be? Popcorn (laughs) movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, you kind of know what you're going to expect to some degree. Right. But I love the original Top Gun when I saw it in real time Mm -hmm. back then. Absolutely. Uh, I can't believe they could pull off a sequel, though, this many years later. Yeah, yeah you wonder what that will look like. I, I want to ask you guys about Power of the Dog. Okay. I, I didn't see all the Oscar uh, nominees, but I did see that one, and I was blown away, not just by the film, but by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. I thought he would win Best Ac- uh, Actor. I, mean, I thought he, he would have been my choice, for sure. He is so good. Yeah. He was very good. Did you ever see The Current War? Yeah. Between, yeah. which has another Pittsburgh connection, yeah. George oh, yeah. Westinghouse. Okay. Yeah. Westinghouse, obviously, I used to work for Westinghouse Broadcasting, mm-hmm. Westinghouse Electric, Westinghouse this and that here. And Thomas Edison battling it out. And Cumberbatch plays Thomas Edison. And he wasn't a nice guy, according to this movie. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was amazing in yeah. that film. Yeah. I think I talked about this uh, last time I was here, but I just love how subversive that performance is where he. You see, and you're like, uh, I don't know, I can't really see Ben Cumberbatch. It's like very British, posh guy playing a traditional, you know, Western cowboy. But it's like that's kind of the point. He's playing against this image, but also he's like, almost like his character is sort of like acting like he's in a movie, like adopting this role where he doesn't feel fully comfortable in the role. Do you disagree? Or uh, no, I think that's uh, a really smart yeah, assessment. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that in real time. Oh, okay. I, I think Cumberbatch was awesome. I I think everyone except Jesse Plemons probably deserved there nomination oh. who Plemons is a great actor I just don't think he did much in that movie oh, I got um, that, 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 that's totally fine yeah. uh, my, my power of the dog take is I think like I, cl- clearly the Academy uh, I respected it and I liked it but I didn't love it and I so, think that's probably what sunk it at the Oscars this you year you brought up a great point Will too and Josh about we hear just the general public okay the nominees are mm-hmm. and then you hear well it's Academy Award mm-hmm. nominated film yeah, right. it must be great how many times have you seen one of those and you go, I don't get it? Seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Do you know Agreed. what I'm saying? Oh, again. yeah. I mean, I can just tell a- you from my experience this year, I know you said Licorice Peach that was one of your favorites. <laughs> I have I zero love for that movie. Oh, well. That movie stinks. What, what's it about? <laughs> uh, it's like a slice of life movie like in California. I want to say two kids, but one of them is 25. Uh, two people slowly, I guess, falling in love. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know how to explain what it's about. All I know is there are some elements of it I really brushed up against. It did not. Why do it for would me. Bradley Cooper put himself in that movie? In that oh, role? he was the best part. <laughs> he was right, by he, far he the best plays part. This, how would you describe it, Will? Oh, Brad- Bradley Cooper. He plays uh, John Peters, who's a famous uh, Hollywood producer, but this very outsized personality who's almost like more infamous in the movies he's made, which is saying something because he's made some of the most famous movies of the last few years. It almost seemed like a Quentin Tarantino style movie. Yeah, sure. Times. Yeah. Was yeah. John Peters married to Bo Derek? Uh, or am I, I thinking know. of somebody with else? Who am I thinking of? Was he right. with Bo Derek? I thought it was Bo Derek and, the, yeah. and some other beautiful blonde. He was pretty uh, prolific, yeah. I think, yeah. from what I understand. Uh-huh. He was a hairdresser turned film producer. So, so what are some of the other nominees for Best Picture that w- nobody's talking about? Um, let's see. There was uh, Nightmare Alley. There was... Um, 
Let's don't, see. Don't West look, Side. Yeah, don't look up. Don't, oh, sorry. West Side Story. West Side Story. Um, Bel. Or you said Belfast. There was. Um, what else was, was there? Was Tammy Faye nominated? No, uh, that wasn't for Best Picture. Yeah, and I think it also won makeup too. Yes. Yeah. For Best Actress, right? Yeah. Yep. Jessica uh, Chastain. Jessica yeah, Chastain. That was an amazing movie. But sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which uh, movie was she in? Tammy Faye. Oh yeah, I did see that. It was really good. I forgot it was her. You she did that. such you a good job. <laughs> I didn't see Coda. I did see Licorice Pizza. I did see Tammy Faye. I don't know. I felt kind of sorry for I, Tammy. I, I yeah, saw, yeah, I did too. But she did such a good job, Jessica Chastain, mm-hmm. that I forgot it was her. I thought Jessica Chastain was great. Personally, I would have given that to Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. I I'm still unclear on why The Lost Daughter didn't get a Best Picture nomination. Hmm. I thought that one was awesome. Yeah, it was a good film. I did see yeah. that one, too. It was an incredible it was a hard, film. It was a hard movie, but it was really Yeah, good. it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the who's, who's the actress that played the main character? Olivia Coleman. Uh, you just yeah. said that. Yes, yeah. hello. It took me a second. Jesse Buckley took, played took the It took me a second, too. Obviously, you just said the right, name. We want to know what's coming. What can we expect as we get ready for summer? It's Larry Richard Unfiltered, Jim Cren, Sheila Hyland. We've got Will Ashton and Josh Axelrod with us. Episode 27 from 23rd and Vine on the South Side. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland. Episode 27, we're talking movies with two guys that really know their stuff. Josh Axelrod with the Post-Gazette and Will Ashton, co-founder and co-host from Cinemaholic. So... Guys, we talked about the Academy Awards. What can we anticipate? We did mention Top Gun's coming in May. What else can we look forward to? Uh, well, Martin Scorsese has a new film that's also with Apple called Killers of the Flower Moon, which is going to be coming out, I believe, in November. That was and a fantastic book. Yeah, the book, I, I have it. I One of read the it best yet. I've ever read. You're a read. reader, aren't you, Sheila? I am, yeah. yeah. I'm um, planning to read that over the summer because I want to, have read it before the movie comes out. This but yeah, is a very, true very, story. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's one certainly on my radar for sure, but uh, there's another Spielberg film called uh, Being the Fa- or I think it's just called The Fablemans. Fablemans or something? Yeah, it's an autobiographical book, or autobiographical film about uh, his personal upbringing and uh, his re- troubled relationship with his father that uh, could very well, you know, Spielberg, you know, he's gonna always be on the Academy's radar, mm-hmm. so that's one I'm really looking forward to as well, but... Yeah, I mean, the movie we saw yesterday, Everything Everywhere at Once, I don't know if it's going to get Academy love. Cause What's it's just, it called? I, I don't know if it's getting released in Pittsburgh, even. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Um, it's called Everything Everywhere at Once. Uh, it's the new A24 film, uh, and it's very bizarre to describe, but it's probably the closest I've come to seeing something like The Matrix, where it just feels like it opened a different chamber in my brain for what films could be. Mm-hmm. And wow. I don't, know if, I don't know if the Academy's going to feel the same way, but... For me, I'm just it, it, it's very uh, rejuvenating as far I keep, as like, I keep describing it in my head as like Scott Pilgrim on steroids. Oh yeah, basically. Yeah. And if it doesn't win every editing award under the sun next yeah. year, like I don't know why we bother having movie awards. Yeah, huh. it was extremely good. And again, it's so small. I don't know if Pittsburgh's even getting it. But we ha- there was a screening last night that I, yeah. I jumped on the second I was invited. To yeah, it, likewise. So. Yeah. It's, how, it's, oh, good, so you no, I was just gonna say, how much of the Academy Awards do you think is just a popularity contest? Because I, I was gonna say because oh, yeah. it's uh, your peers <laughs> voting against your peers, and if they don't like you, well, it's also just a matter of who sees your movie. Like it, I think, I think really it boils down to how accessible movies are. I think one of the reasons that Coda Coda deserves all the love it got, but I think one of the reasons it got so much love is Apple TV Plus had a pretty aggressive campaign mm-hmm. for it, made sure it was a, in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Um, yep. And I mean, the, Netflix does the same thing. Like they, The more accessible a movie is, the better chance it has of being an Oscar. Uh, I'm fascinated you guys, your crap, 
you know every nuance of movies. That they, they, how did you start? How did how do you start becoming a movie critic? Like, what made you get into it like that? You know every nuance. And well, let's start with you. Well, I just well I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> uh, basically, any film I could get my hands on, and then just wrote and really just like tried to like get into any publication I could. Just really just worked my way up. Honestly, I mean that's so it's a passion. Yeah, I it's absolutely a passion. Kind of cool. Yeah. And you have uh, some great, I, great parents, Josh, that exposed you to a lot of culture. And yeah, my, my origin story is pretty mm-hmm. self-explanatory. Um, for people that don't know, my, my uh, mother is uh, Sharon Everson, uh, the former Pittsburgh Post-Gazette theater critic, also oh. an avid pop culture geek. And my dad was uh, also a former Post-Gazette sports writer, Phil Axelrod. Uh, between the two of them, I always had a very well-grounded sports and pop culture upbringing. And I've... I don't know. I've I've tried both now. I've tried being a sports reporter and a pop culture reporter, and I think I definitely gravitate towards pop culture more. Um, yeah, you just gotta love it. And I, I listen to a bunch of podcasts about it. I, I follow the people who I think know more about it than me, and I just try to sound smarter because I listen to them. Did you know you wanted to be a writer when you were a kid? It. When your parents are two journalists, you don't really inherit too many marketing well, skills. People go in the opposite direction, right. though. When their parents are headed down one right. path, they're like, yeah, we're not, oh, no, we're not mean, doing that. I wish I was good enough at anything else to do, to do something else, but I'm not. And I happen to like this, so it all worked out. Well, if it's your passion, both of you love his, you know, what you're into. more interesting than mine. Like, I'm, I'm impressed at how, well, how you've worked your way up. I don't know if it's that interesting. It's probably pretty boring, but uh, I, I appreciate the compliment for sure. Well, what about... Tom Hanks, I think he's <laughs> one of the best actors. Certainly, oh, yeah, he's uh, filming a movie here right now. He's in town. Bellevue has been one of the big locations. Uh, I know <laughs> they're going to be here for, I think, another at least month, maybe more. I spent basically an entire weekend tracking Tom Hanks just doing cool things around Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's a few weeks ago been photobombing <laughs> weddings. He <laughs> officiated a wedding. He showed up at this place, that place, and. Ken Rice from KDK TV tweeted out, is there anyone out there that hasn't run into Tom Hanks yet? Because me, me. normally, yeah, you know, they stay low profile. And his wife, Rita, is producing this film. What is this movie that they're shooting? Uh, is it The Man from Otto? That- yeah, it's a, it's a man called Otto. Oh, sorry, it, man called it's Otto. A, the original it, was A Man Called Uwe, which I read yeah. that book too. Fabulous. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Another one that's Thank you for pronouncing it because I might have said oof. <laughs> oh, well, I think it's Uve. What's, I think. I, I could be wrong. I read it a while ago. I know. She's our book review first. Yeah, cool. it, it, don't be. I was going to say, it's based on the novel. There was also um, a Swedish adaptation of this novel mm-hmm. a couple years ago that got nominated for an Oscar, actually. So does huh. anyone know the storyline? Yeah. Uh, you should. Well, yeah. it's been yeah. a while yeah, since ahead. I read it, but it's a, you, and you guys can tell this too, but it's, it's an older guy who's living by himself. It's a very kind of sad, lonely existence. And then... In walks who into his life? I, I can't remember. Is it a exactly. neighbor or just somebody younger who kind of reminds him that life is worth living is what yeah. I've gathered from it. I mean, it's the ultimate Tom Hanks role, mm-hmm. like, frankly. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Beautiful like, story. More so than uh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. It's up there. I mean, yeah. all of Tom Hanks' roles are playing, like, damaged guys who remember that life is worth living, basically, when you think about it. So I, uh, I'm very excited to see this one. I knowing him I wouldn't be shocked if he gets some Oscar love for it down the road too although yeah. I, I doubt this is coming out this year I imagine that's a 2023 at the earliest I think it's possible the range possible. that yeah. Tom Hanks has when I saw him as Joe in the Volcano or whatever that <laughs> oh Joe versus the Volcano yeah. was he in Bosom Buddies or Bosom something yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean how do you go from being a guy on Bosom Buddies right. to one of the most respected actors in the world he's just that talented yeah that, that talented. charismatic what yeah. is it about Tom Hanks though 
that makes him universally liked. I, I'm sure there are people that don't like him, but most <laughs> people I talk to are like, he's able to become whoever he is convincingly. Mm-hmm. Like Castaway. You forget it's Tom Hanks after a while. And he's yeah. by himself the, most of the movie with no real lines except talking to a soccer ball. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saving well, Private well, Ryan. Well, right. yeah, I think that's part and of his Forrest appeal. Gump. He's just a great everyman. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, like yeah. people can project whatever it is they want onto him. And I think that's a really rare gift. He's difference. so likable. Jimmy yeah. Stewart yeah, so had a reputation like that in right. his time yeah. as yeah. being able to be any man. Yeah. But also, like Jimmy Stewart, you look at those roles and they're always like very sort of troubled personalities too but he has a very affable everyday charm that he brings to them so it's very like appealing but there is a lot of tortured kind of darkness in those characters as well that i think tom hanks channels as well hmm. so. so what are the blockbusters that you think for the summer they get the most eyeballs uh well it's most likely going to be dr strange and the multiverse of madness that's a new marvel film that's coming up uh, i think there's also another thor film coming yeah. up this summer those are probably going to be the most widely seen for sure um, I, I was reminded last night that we're getting a new Jordan Peele movie. Yeah, nope. I just, yeah, that looks great. Nope, looks awesome. Uh, Jordan Peele, Get Out, which should have been the best picture winner of the year. It came out in my what humble opinion. What a movie that yeah. was. Did you see he's, Get he's Out? Very, no. Amazing. I missed. Get Out. Get Out. Yes. Did you <laughs> get out. Yeah, I saw Get Out. It takes you on some twists yeah. and It's turns. amazing. Yeah, really good. If you don't know anything about the movie going in, you, you do get that. Yeah. Wow effect from that film. That's the thing with Jordan Peele movies. He had Us slashed uh, a couple years ago, yeah. too, which I also thought was extremely underrated. Yeah, and, me too. Yeah. And nope, he's, bring, he's teaming up with Daniel Kaluuya again. I mean, I think Kiki Palmer yeah. is, is the Steven Yoon. Name Steven Yoon. Yeah. The man's got good taste. Yeah. I, I, I trust anything he wants to give us. The other film that got recognized, well, there were two major recognitions at the Academy Awards, 50th anniversary of The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And then the 30th anniversary, I thought this was interesting, of white men can't jump. Yeah. <laughs> they brought Woody out, and yeah. uh, and they had Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. They also had Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. What would you guys think of The Godfather? 50 years later, still hold up? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it since um, probably when I was back in college, but every time I watch that film, it amazes me how good it is, yeah. Imagine if I just came on your podcast and it said bad like, things about The Godfather. Had like, hot, hot, hot take about we the wouldn't Godfather. allow you. I, I have no, I have no hot takes about The Godfather. <laughs> well, it's yeah. great. Well, going back in time, I'd just be curious to know what your top five movies are of all time. Jesus. Put them on the spot. No, I don't I think that it. was one of them. Josh Axelrod, <laughs> Post-Gazette, must-see five films that you recommend to people. You go, oh, you got to see this, this. Just do three if you oh, can't just, think of or five. Or even just the first um, I don't know. The one that always comes to mind for me is Inglorious Bastards. That just might be as a Jew. That uh, that movie always makes me happy on uh, some visceral levels. Um, movies that I love. Always been a big Forgetting Sarah Marshall fan. That's a, I, I'm not. That's a, that's a I think Judd Apatow's guy of hit or miss, but that one always hits for mm-hmm. me. Um, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, my favorite film has always been Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because I feel it's one of the most pure examples of what film can be. The original. Same, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, not the uh, Tim Burton one. But I also feel the same way about Wizard of Oz, which I just feel yeah. is one of the most Agreed. purest films ever made. Um, but, I mean, Wally, I think it's my favorite mm. theater experience of all time. Mm. So that always has a soft spot for me. I was going to say, I think Get Out still might be my favorite theater experience oh, of yeah. all time. I mean, just in a, 
theater in DC with people yelling at the screen yeah. and then some people next to me making very pointed comments and I was <laughs> like, this is what movies are, this is why movie theaters aren't dying because of experiences like that. Well, I don't, exist. I never want them to die because especially films made in Pittsburgh because I like going to movie theaters when and sitting and sitting in here going, the guy behind going, see that house over yeah. there? <laughs> Oh, just My you wait. cousin Chucky lives in that house and he rented it out. He made a lot of money. Yeah. Just you wait till Cha Cha Real Smooth comes out and Billy Porter's movie and everything else. I'm going. Oh, yeah. The theater. I mean, yeah, with Cha Cha Real Smooth, uh, <laughs> the most bizarre thing about that movie is, uh, well, giving anything away, the emotional climax of it takes place in my community center parking lot. Okay. And I'm like, I never in a million years thought emotional climax of a film would take place in that parking lot yes. I've been to. 400 million the times. The balcony by. of my apartment <laughs> is in a scene in an episode of American Rust. Oh, really? Wow. Really? That was one of the most surreal moments. Yeah. I, I, my fiance and I, just a Pruder film, that, that thing to be like, yep, that's us. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely us. It's just an over-the-shoulder shot in the building across the street. Yeah. See, I love that. I love and, that. That, right? yeah, that. Larry and I love this, too, when you're watching a Pittsburgh film. You can't go on Smallman Street and end up on a Boulevard of Allies. You can't do that. <laughs> That's so true. It's ridiculous. And there was uh, the As one with lives Russell, right off Smallman Street. Yeah. Russell yeah. Crowe movie. There were scenes like that. <laughs> where even movie. back to uh, Three Rivers with Bruce Willis. People get uh, angry over it. By the way, I want to announce. Yeah. We have a release date from Gravitas Ventures of Bruno San Martino, the authorized biography oh, well, of wonderful. wrestling's greatest champion. Great distributor nice. too. Awesome. May 17th is the scheduled release on streaming services near you. Awesome. We're going uh, to yeah, not to review it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's actually an incredible story. Uh, any old school folks that know Bruno was the first superstar in that world of wrestling, but how he got to America, how they fought the Nazis and his mother being this brave woman is really the heart. Cause you ask the bottom line is, how does a 13-year-old, 75-pound, malnutrished, sickly Italian immigrant who can't speak the language come to South Oakland mm -hmm. and then eventually literally become the strongest man in the world and sell out Madison Square Garden 188 times? How does that happen? And have an Arnold Schwarzenegger, people like it, idolized. Right. And people we didn't know who idolized him because of his, what he brought, the gravitas and strength and his humility which we really appreciate in Pittsburgh. And mm -hmm. I know, Jim, you were there in Italy when we went and they put up a statue of Bruno that's twice his size in this little piazza of a pinprick of a town on the top of the Apennine Mountains in a, called Pizza Ferrato in Abruzzo. So, um, that's cool. Uh, you guys want to come to the premiere? Sure. You have my attention. You, okay, <laughs> good. When's the premiere? May 17th. Oh, can, so we said that's the release date. We're going to have We're going to get. No, yes. We're not, we're absolutely. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, it, it's a pretty spectacular story. I hope we captured it. The one thing is that I decided to work with Bruno so that it was the story he wanted to tell. Nice. That's why it's the authorized biography. Right. So, Bruno San Martino, May 17th. It is fascinating, isn't it? It is. Josh Axelrod with Post Gazette. Read all about it. His finger on the pulse of our culture here. Will Ashton, co-founder, co-host, Cinemaholics. We yep. appreciate you guys taking time. Well, thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And we couldn't do it without Jim Potolsky, who's been an incredible, he's our engineer, but he's so much more than that. We got to book him. We can't book him on our own show because <laughs> he's working, but we got to make that happen. Uh, Marcello. Marcello. Let's hear from Marcello. Marcello. You know, it's just a, a quiet force. <laughs> we want to thank Bobby Bazelli. Lou Caputo, so generous to allow us to use 23rd and Vines Wine Cellar. 
for our podcast, number 27, and Dick Roberts, our producer. Check it out, kdkradio.com, or download the free Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, and it's at your fingertips. Thanks, guys. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenshaw, Sheila Highland. That's a wrap. Thank you.